You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Royal Rebounds TV with Calvin and Barry. Just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion. So be sure that you subscribe. It's for the fans, by the fans. Whether you chilling on the couch or wilding in the stands. For laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here. Staying down until we come up thinking this gonna be our year. We're here drinking beer, talking about the Kings. Be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring. Yeah. We're drinking beers, and we're talking about your Sacramento Kings. All right, so it's official. The Kings officially drop to, uh, what is it, 22-40 and 40 on the season. 22-40. and 40. It's not looking pretty good. Denver was on a four-game winning streak. The Kings are now on a four-game losing streak. De'Aaron Fox scores over 20 points for his eighth game in a row. Unfortunately, the Kings are not able to capitalize. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox definitely had a better game uh, than the other night when they took on Denver in Sacramento. Harrison Barnes had a much better game as well. Sabonis had a good game, just not as good of a game. Jeremy Lamb was big off the bench with 12 points. Um, and Justin Holiday was, was really good, I thought, for the first three quarters of this game. But to me, uh, it all comes down to that last minute and a half, two minutes of this game. Uh, first of all, the, the Kings aren't really set offensively at any point in this time. Um, and then defensively, they have a couple of really just unfortunate plays in mm -hmm. a row, unfortunate foul calls in a row. Um, I didn't like the De'Aaron Fox three when they were down, I think it was 110-108 there yep. at the end. And then you come back on the other end and you have the, the when it's tied 110-110, De'Aaron tries Goes to go under thunder. the screen, gets knocked to the floor, wide open three. Uh, the possession before that, they got really, really lucky because they doubled leaving Will Barton, who was on fire in Sacramento, but not so much today. They left him wide open for three. The possession before that got lucky. He misses. Then they get lucky, and Jokic misses two free throws. Yep. The game was there for the taking for the Sacramento Kings. They just Not to mention the technicals. Not to mention the technicals. <laughs> 
Hello, friend. What's up, Ethan? What's up, Makami? I see Fred in here. Uh, Chinese spy. Interesting name. Choice. Ivan, welcome, welcome, everyone. Glad you guys are here joining us. This was an exciting game to watch. I know the Kings didn't win this game, but it was very exciting. And, you know, honestly, I think these are probably the three best big man passers in the NBA. Um, I mean, you could throw Jonas Valanciunas in there. Sometimes he's, he's... Steven Adams is pretty good, too. Yeah, but I think it's clear. Number one is Jokic. Number two is Baby Joker, Sabonis, or Saboner, as you prefer. And uh, <laughs> we've always known Cousins to be a great passer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. DeMarcus Cousins, um, not maybe the same player physically that he once was, but he is exactly the same player mentally as he's always been. Yeah, four fouls in 14 minutes. Yep. And a technical. That <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> so five fouls, right? Five fouls, yeah. Oh, man. And not to mention Jokic. Well, actually, Sabonis was in foul trouble early. He picked up his third foul in the second quarter. A lot of players in, quarter. in foul trouble early yeah. in this game. Then late in Jones the game. Was in foul trouble. Yeah, he had five. Yeah. And uh, Jokic had five. Then we thought we saw Jokic pick up that sixth foul there at yep. the end, which was challenged. And unfortunately, it was a successful challenge by the Denver Nuggets. And my hero, Michael Malone, who I wish <laughs> remained with Sacramento, but that is a story for a, another day. Um, but it's it's a, a successful challenge, and Jokic remains in the game. It didn't really matter. The Kings couldn't make any shots, and they couldn't get any stops there at the end. So the NBA gods tried to give Sacramento one tonight, and they just they weren't ready they for tried. it. And yeah, the, the officiating was not great. It, it was actually all over the place. Um, it's not the reason that the Kings lost. I'm never going to put an, a loss on the officials. But it, it was very sporadic. I yeah. mean, the, the beginning of the game, it was called so tight. Like any any move you made was a foul. And then that for this, basically the whole second quarter, they just decided to let him play. And I, I just can't stand it when officials do that because – you saw what ha- what the product of that was. <laughs> a close game, late in the game. Now any call, whether it's a no call or a whistle, is yep. going to be con- heatly uh, contested by the players. You you just lose control of the game as, as an officiating group if you are going to call it that way. It's got to be the same throughout. As Jason says, Kings basketball is so stressful. It really is, Jason. Welcome to uh, group therapy. Uh, my name is Barry, and this is Calvin, and we're we're Kings fans, and we have a problem. Yes, we're we're not uh, licensed therapists, but hey, we'll, we'll listen to all your problems. Yeah, it's free. Night in and night out. You pay us and in likes, free, and, yeah. and that's all I we mean, need. You, you can super chat us for a therapy session if you like, but <laughs> if not, that's okay too. So, Cal, we saw Holmes out again with some back soreness. Kings roll out the same starting five. What do you think of this starting five? I still like the starting five. And Justin Holiday today, his play absolutely solidified it for me. I don't think there is no reason to have the conversation right now of should DiVincenzo or should Jeremy Lamb or should uh, Davion Mitchell get the start above this guy. Yep. He is exactly what the Kings need, 3 and D player. Mm-hmm. Um, I love his, his – uh, Ability to play off Sabonis. They're both really, really comfortable with each other, obviously coming from Indiana together. So it's it's the right starting five for me right now. 
the the problem is Mo Harkless, and it, it's been that problem all season long with him. Wide open 13 three. Thirteen more minutes today. <laughs> yeah, wide open three. Um, I think only four points. Four points tonight. Yep. So it, you know it's it is what it is. When the Kings get a really productive game out of him, they're they're a much more difficult team to beat, and they still had a chance to win this game even despite you know him really making a huge impact offensively the the bench was a little bit better today than than it was uh the other night in sacramento so but yeah going back to the starters i, I love what justin holiday brings to this team and i i want to see him remain a starter for the rest of the year yeah i gotta give a quick shout out here to DiVincenzo. and just so you know this is probably gonna be the first and the last shout out i ever give to someone who scored one point in a game <laughs> but DeMarcus Cousins was going right at him, getting in his face, and he did not oh, yeah. back down. I, mean, I that's love the that. the type of guy he is. He's not exactly. backing down from anybody. So It doesn't matter if he's making and shots I, or not. He's got energy and he's got defense. Right. I still love Dante DiVincenzo. I love yep. his potential and what he could bring to this team You know, in the future. He's still, as we've talked about before, working his way back into playing shape from really mm -hmm. missing a ton of games this season with an ankle injury. Uh, he's also with a new group out there. So, you know, you have to give him time. But that being said, Justin Holiday is playing well right now, and he deserves to be starting on this team. I agree. And, yes, we did see another air ball three-pointer by Dante DiVincenzo tonight. There were air balls But, yeah, as I was going to say, Jokic, he, three, three air balls? I think. Three air yeah, balls. It, so. You rarely see that many air balls in an NBA game. The air was not so thin tonight in Denver. Yeah, apparently it was very heavy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Calvin, let's take a look here at the box score. Let's take a look. As you mentioned at the top of the show, De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes going off tonight for the Kings. 26 for Fox on 10 of 19 shooting to go along with 10 assists. I don't know when the last time I saw him in double-digit assist numbers was. And Harrison, another really solid all-around game. 24 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. 9 of 9 at the free-throw line for him. Five of five at the free throw line for De'Aaron. Even it. though they failed to convert on some free throws late, <laughs> that really would have helped them. Not those two guys, obviously. But uh, outside of that, Sabonis, another near triple-double, 14 points, 16 rebounds, seven assists, one steal, one block, one baby kissed. He does it all, right? <laughs> Look at the rebounds. Yeah. Look at the rebounds. 12 defensive, four offensive rebounds. Yep. And uh, for the second straight game, the, the Kings – were able to, or actually, I'm sorry, Denver out-rebounded them in Sacramento, but it was only by five. Uh, and they, the Kings have given up such fewer offensive rebounds, yep. obviously, since Sabonis has been in the lineup. And then Jeremy Lamb, 29 minutes tonight off the bench, 12 points. Seven rebounds. Seven more rebounds. He was second in rebounding tonight. I was pretty surprised. Uh, we didn't see a starter with more than five rebounds other than Sabonis. Yeah. Which, I mean, when you're playing with a guy like Sabonis that's just gobbling them all up in the middle, right. it's hard to get rebounds. It really is. The thing I really loved about Sabonis' game tonight, only one turnover. And that, unfortunately, was at the end there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when he not left good timing <laughs> for that one turnover. But you're right, only one turnover. And the, the one thing that I didn't – you know, I, I've seen Sabonis play a handful of times before he came to Sacramento, but I, I'll be honest, I really you know, hadn't watched a ton of him. I mean, Oklahoma City and Indiana haven't really been uh, teams that I circle on the calendar as watching those games you know, over yeah. the past few years. But 
I, I'm so impressed with the hustle that he brings. I mean, he's diving on the floor for loose balls left mm-hmm. and right. He's always in the middle of that. And when your best player or, you know, 1A, 1B player is the one doing that, it, it really has to, you know, have this trickle-down effect on the rest of the guys yep. on the team. It's it's so important, and, and it's something that I've been really, really impressed with him watching early on as long as he can stay healthy and he has stayed relatively healthy in his career so i really like that so calvin i want to play a little game here uh an imaginary game let's say the kings won tonight and i'm super happy (laughs) (laughs) who would you who would you crown king of the game Ooh, you know that's a that's a tough call um if the kings actually did pull this one out i'd probably have to go with sabonis you know De'Aaron fox had a great game um, and the the double double is is awesome. Um, like I said, it's something that we haven't really seen from him that much lately. But I think I'd still have to give it to Sabonis just because he was the driving force in what got the Kings back in this game. If they win, he maybe ends up with a triple double, or if not, comes even closer than he does. But just he filled up the stat sheet. Uh, he was the the aggressor towards Jokic. You know, he never backed down from him. I would probably have to go with the ox okay i agree with that it's not always uh points that matter right but i I love everything else he brings to the court well we just did a poll here and i see people talking about davion in the chat another disappointing night for davion mitchell at least on the offensive end of the floor what'd you like what'd you dislike from davion mitchell this evening well he was kind of a no-show today i mean he only played 12 minutes uh, 0 for 6 from the floor uh you know, he just didn't really have much of an effect or an impact on this game. So uh, there's not really much you can say that you liked from him here. I mean, it, it it was just another one of those days where he didn't shoot very well and he didn't really get much of an opportunity, mm-hmm. I think, to really get himself uh, in a rhythm in this game just because he didn't play very much. But, you know, when the Kings have gotten deeper, right, after the trade deadline. So when you have guys like Jeremy Lamb who come in and they hit their first couple shots, DiVincenzo did a great game offensively. But these guys are going to get minutes, you know, no matter what. And I feel like at this point, Gentry's just going to say, all right, well, whoever's playing the best out of these guys is going to play. Yeah, yeah, I agree. A lot of minutes for Lamb tonight. And I'm not complaining about that because he was playing well. Yeah, he did. He gives the the kings another out a reliable outside shooter um which is is something when the kings hit their outside shots they were shooting at one point in the fourth quarter i think 40 percent from three they missed a bunch there towards the end of the game end up around 30 percent. but when the kings are hitting from outside you know even if they're not playing that well defensively they're going to be in games so yeah. having a guy like jeremy lamb out there definitely helps his team if he's going to be hitting shots and seven rebounds for him again i'm looking at the team stats here dead even on rebounds 45 each so those seven rebounds were definitely important for the kings i agree with mccommy here if only sabonis could get some of those calls that would really help him out uh that was something we talked about you know i think um, on the last podcast where what he was averaging like five free throw attempts a game um in indiana and he hasn't had five free throw attempts in a single game this season or actually tonight was his first night with five free throw attempts and unfortunately he was only able to make two of those so need the the Kings still attempted more free throws as a team though than denver in this game so dead even on turnovers too 12 each 
Wow. Uh, no, that's t- – you're not including the team turnovers there. I think it's oh. 15 for Denver and 13 for Sacramento, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was not updated yet. 13 and 15, yep. Kings didn't shoot well again, 42% from the field and 30% from the three-point line. This is the first time we've seen them dip below 80% from the free throw line in a few games, right? Like, that was a problem they had earlier in the season. They seem to be shooting free throws well. They weren't getting a lot of free throw attempts uh, as of recently, but uh, they definitely dipped below that 80% mark that we had circled. All right, Pedro, do you guys think that our bench lacks scoring? I think we desperately need scores, streaky scores like Boris Highland or Jordan Clarkson. Oh, Bones Highland. Bones Highland, who we saw tonight for, for yep. Denver. Um, I, I agree that the, the bench needs more consistent scoring. I think the guys that they have on this bench are capable of doing that. Um, they just really, you know, th- they've all been up and down so far. And, and Davion, you know, obviously includes that he has played much better. I think, you know, if you look at the first couple months of the season and since then, he, he's played much better than those first couple months. But he had uh, a very rough game tonight, obviously, with no points. They, they do need more consistency from the bench scoring. And I think you could say that from the beginning of the year. You mm-hmm. know, we were all really excited about what this bench could could do with Davion and Buddy Heald coming off of it. Um, and then that, you know, just kind of fizzled out gradually throughout the rest of throughout the course of the season. So now it's a combination of getting these guys comfortable playing together, comfortable playing in a new system. Um, and so I, I do think that the, the players they have on this bench are definitely capable of giving you enough scoring. Yeah. But a- again, it's just, it's time, it's reps. Uh, you know, you could see so many times tonight that these guys just aren't on the same page offensively. It, it takes time. I mean, it, it's, these aren't the bench players, but uh, the one play stands out to me the most yeah. is in the fourth quarter when Sabonis catches the ball and three Kings players run to the same exact spot on the court, not knowing what they're doing for each other, whether they're cutting, setting a screen, who's popping out. Uh, so it, it, it's across the board. It's not just the bench. It, they need more time to play together. I'm looking at James Ham's Twitter here. Apparently Harrison Barnes is blasting the referees in his post-game press conference. Yeah, I'm seeing that in the chat and as well. James Ham is agreeing with him. Here's a quote directly from Harrison Barnes. It's interesting. You get fouled on a play, no call. Talk to the ref. They say they missed it, and you kind of go from there. Happens once, it's fine. But when it happens multiple times, you start to wonder. That's six to eight free throws. I I don't know how you can argue with them. Everybody's frustrated after a loss, especially a a close one like this. There's always – you know, we try to not blame anything on the refs. Yes, referees do affect games. We're Kings fans. We know this more than any fan base in sports that referee calls can affect games. And, you know, we just, it's a human error. It's the human aspect, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, officials are part of the game and and they're, like you said, they're humans. So every game, every professional sporting event that's ever played is going to have questionable calls in it. 
I'm not sitting here saying that I thought the refs did a, a fantastic job tonight. I, I thought that it was very, very sporadic and all over the place with what types of calls that they were making. But at the end of the day, it, it doesn't lose you the game. And anybody that is going to sit here and say, oh, well, we lost the game because the refs didn't make enough calls for us. That's yep. just not true. It never will be. It never has been. So uh, while I feel for guys like that, because I've been in that situation myself as a player. And, and, I and do, a referee. And a referee. <laughs> and I do not – I did not as a player have the same um, – you know, uh, like goose fraba mentality that uh, Harrison Barnes does when he talks to officials. I was definitely more animated as a player, but it, but it's true. Like you, you don't lose games because of officiating. You don't. Yeah, just to let you guys all know, real quick, um, we're going to be having Franklin Cardicelli join us on the next section from uh, you know Return of the Roar. So make sure you guys tune in for that. We're going to be asking him all sorts of Kings questions. So make sure you guys stay tuned. For that, you got any interesting uh, referee stories for us, Cal? From any time in my yeah, life, like either, as a player either, or as a coach? either side, because I know you did both, and you know I I refereed for a while. <laughs> you did. We actually worked. Calvin and I worked at an indoor soccer center in Santa Rosa when we were in college, and uh, I think it was the stupidest rule ever. But they were like, each employee has to referee yeah. what two or three games a week or something. It was something like that. Yeah. yeah. You got any funny I mean, stories th those, from there? Those stories are all just ridiculous because <laughs> it's a bunch of the the kids' games were the worst, right? Because you're you're out there reffing these What's up, Key like, Kings? 10, 12 year old kids. It's a it's a rec league, like indoor <laughs> yeah. soccer rec league that all these guys are paying to be there for. And the parents are just relentless on you the whole time. Oh, yeah. Like it like it's a World Cup game, you know? It's crazy. Um but my <laughs> Probably the, the most interesting experience I ever had with a referee as a player, I think I was a, either a sophomore or ju junior in high school. And up, we Jeff? were at – this is a, a spring league game. This is not a, a regular season or playoff or any type of game that actually matters. This okay. is all recreation or exhibition. We were playing a tournament at El Camino High School in Sacramento. My friend – your friend, David Allison. I know David. Play, played with me in high school. Shout out to David Allison if you're watching. We're the, the, so this backstory is there's a ref that used to ref a lot of Davis games who apparently at one point had this like super bad interaction with a Davis fan. And he has supposedly <laughs> held a Probably grudge dad. <laughs> or a parent and has supposedly held a grudge against Davis High School ever since. And he officiates game. That, that was the backstory on this guy. So, again, this is a exhibition game. I don't even remember what the score was, but we're at the free throw line. They had just called a foul, I think, on David. And so we're standing there at the free throw line, and this ref proceeds to call six lane violations in a row while the, the guy at the free throw line misses every single free throw, calls six lane violations on David in a row. That's crazy. And then finally the guy makes the free throw, before the third quarter ends, I go to try to talk to the ref about it. Oh, they don't like that. And he stops the game. Yeah. An exhibition game <laughs> where he's calling lane violations on a free throw. And I, I'm just – I was in total oh, shock. Uh, it, it ended really, really badly. Everybody was in the official space <laughs> and all this stuff. But 
exhibition game, man. Like I'll I'll never understand that till the day I die, I guess. But one time I was working the front desk at Sports City, and this lady comes in, and she's got like her dog in her arms. And there's a big sign. I don't make the rules. I just have to enforce them, unfortunately. There's a big sign that says no dogs. I love dogs. Of course I would want your dog to be in there. And I just point to the sign to the lady. And so she turns around and she walks out. Then, like, five minutes later, she tries to walk back in with her dog under a towel. (laughs) Like, I wasn't going to see it, you know? And I'm like, excuse me, ma'am. Like, I see your dog under there. She's banging on the back of the goal because her husband is the goalie stops the game and he's like she's like they won't let fufu in they (laughs) stops the whole game everybody's looking at us and i'm just like oh my god what is going on here it is crazy what's up bryce glad you're here sorry we're just telling the dog's name was really fufu i don't know the dog's name (laughs) that was a while ago that's just the stupidest dog name i could think of so uh ivan wants to know here palvin Choice for coach. I mean, we talked about this so many times, and it's a really tough question, Ivan, because we don't know who's going to be available. At yeah, the end of so the much is going to change from now until the time that the Kings actually hire a head coach. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think that any of the names that you're going to continue to hear between now and then make sense to me for different reasons. Kenny Atkinson, Mike, uh, Mike D'Antoni, Mark Jones. Or, sorry, not Mark Jones. That would be cool, right, Mark Jones? <laughs> My dog's name is Stain. <laughs> well, uh, we all know Skip's dog's name is Neighbor, right? <laughs> so Shout out to Skip's shout out dog. To Skip's dog. Kenny Atkinson, uh, Mark Jackson, Mike D'Antoni, Steve Clifford, all those guys, David Vanterpool. The, the names that you're going to continue to hear come up, they're, they're coming up for, I think, good reason. Like, yep. A, they're – uh, established coaches in the NBA. They're guys who could provide help in different areas, whether it's defensively or maybe like unlocking the true De'Aaron Fox offensive potential in Mike D'Antoni's case. So a lot will change from now yep. until then. But again, I, I think that those names are going to be the names that you continue to hear throughout the whole process. And coaching is not, el- not the only thing that they need to change. They need to oh, add yeah. some more talent. And I think Monty is has commented on that in the last press conference saying we have our pick we're going to be aggressive in the offseason we're going to make something else happen um but for me coaching needs to change i want to see monty's guy i I feel like we're finally getting to that point where it's like monty chose the team he chose the players he chose the coaching staff so now it's on him right like i'm ready for the monty era to officially be in yep it's time Jim says, we need shooters. Trade for Seth Curry. Would you give up a 2023 first-round pick? If that's all it took to get him, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think you're going to get your hands on Seth Curry at this point, though. Yeah. Bro- Brooklyn, he's exactly what they – he's exactly what a lot of teams need. But um, unless you've got a guy like Ben – or uh, like James Harden, you're probably not going to get Seth Curry. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, they already have so many guards. We just talked about it tonight, why Davion didn't get very much time, right? Is yeah. There's all yeah. these guards. Like, they need to figure out exactly who they're moving forward with. For me, if I look at this roster, I, I, I say Fox is, is going to stay unless – the only way I'm trading Fox is if I'm upgrading, right? So I'm getting, like, a perennial all-star or something. So Fox is probably going to stay. I, I think they're pretty committed to DiVincenzo. He's going to be a free agent. 
Uh, obviously, it comes down to what he's what he wants, right? Like if if he goes out to another team and signs something crazy, like eighteen million dollars a season or something, he's not going to get eighteen. You know, million I, I'm just saying, season. crazy things happen sometimes. It's true. John Wall's getting paid what fifty million dollars to not play this season? Ridiculous. Yeah, but John Wall. Okay, never mind. Not not a fair comparison, <laughs> I would say. But I'm just saying, as as cousins would say. It's getting ridiculous out here, man. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> it's getting ridiculous. Vinny, we need a button for that. It's getting ridiculous button. But I would say <laughs> DiVincenzo is probably going to stay, right? They're they're pretty committed to him. I expect him to, yeah. I, I expect him to probably move into the starting role. Um, so I would say it's probably him and Fox. I don't know what's going on with Mitchell. We saw him play great when he was starting. He was playing great. Mm-hmm. And then you got, you know, Barnes is probably going to stay unless they move him for an upgrade. Sabonis is going to stay. So we just really need to figure out that wing position. That's the most important thing for me. I would love to add guards. Um, Yes, we need scoring. Yes, we need shooting. We need all that stuff. But if I'm giving up a first-round pick, I'm going to address immediate needs. And that's either going to be upgrading one of these guys to get another all-star or filling that wing position. Yeah, the the wing position is is the biggest one to me. I mean, it's been my biggest area of need for them all year, whether it's a a legit starting power forward um, or, you know, another uh, smaller wing that is like a combo guard but at the forward spot, you know, somebody like a Harrison Barnes that can play both positions, versatile, um, good defender, and good shooter. Dennis, I think that game was where he had – what was it? He, like, fouled out – and then he walked off the court, and then they rescinded the foul, and Cousins came back on the court. And it was yeah, like – it was right sure before that. All-Star weekend. Yeah. Like, he yeah. didn't get selected or, or something like that. It, it was yeah. something crazy. But he was upset. Google the clip. It is hilarious. It's uh, him and Katie Christensen Hunter. I think so. Hunter Christensen, whatever. At that which time, one? I don't know what her <laughs> last name was, but – Oh, and Ivan throws in Terrence Davis in here, too. I, yep. I like Terrence Davis a lot. Yep. I, I wasn't even it's, thinking about it's him. It's still a very crowded backcourt. Yeah. Monty's going to have to shuffle some of these guys around and, and upgrade. Um, all right. I think I'm going to get Franklin in here. Anybody else you want to talk about in tonight's game? I, I saw Trey Lyles play great. Seven points in the first half of this game. We haven't really seen much from him this season yeah. so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. You really haven't seen that much of him, so it's still kind of unclear what you're going to get from him, I think. I, I was just super impressed with Aaron Gordon. Um, I, I think I tweeted it out earlier during the game, but I, he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA, I think. I, I don't I really, like Aaron I really Gordon. Do. I know you don't because I told you a couple years ago we should trade Bagley for Aaron Gordon, and you were like, what? Aaron Gordon? No. I'm like, no, Bagley's going to be way Aaron better. Aaron Gordon – is a great player. Dude, I mean, the guy is – talk about versatility. I mean, he guards everybody from Steph Curry to uh, power forwards. Like, the, the fact that they trust him defensively to play small guards on a nightly basis, he's really improved his outside shot. He was super efficient today. He's a, a really versatile defender, a good rebounder, great athlete, as everybody already knows. Um, I like him a lot. I've always liked him. I don't. I liked him in the dunk contest, and I still <laughs> thought he should have lost that one. But hey. All right, here. No Josh Jackson again. No Metu. 
yeah, just Lamb just ate up all the minutes. And as you mentioned, Damian Jones was in foul trouble. Oh, I wanted to give a yeah, shout out to Damian Alex Lamb. Damian Jones really does not like to play against Jokic. He gets owned. I want to give another shout out to Alex Lynn. I know he's got a lot of stuff yep. going on in his home country, Ukraine. Uh, yep. it's big shout out. We didn't mention it. Yeah. On uh, what day was that? Thursday. Very tough. Very <clears throat> tough situation for yeah. Alex. And I have no idea what I would do if I was in his position. Oh, yeah. Me neither. No I, idea. I've got a, a lot of respect for the guy. Hello, friend. Who are you? <laughs> I like your name. Rashawn Holmes is out with back soreness again, unfortunately. All right, I think Frankie's almost here. But, yeah, I really like Trey Lyles. I, I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, I mean, I like anybody that comes from San Antonio. I really do. Yeah, and, but, I mean, he was in Utah before that, so that, that's another very solid organization with a good coach and – um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, he's, he's definitely got some stuff that he can provide for this team. The question is, you know, what should you really count on from him on a nightly basis? Yep. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the Sacramento Kings with our special guest with around the crown. Welcome back. This is Around the Crown. We're talking all things Sacramento Kings and beyond. Join the Royal Family by hitting that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, please smash that like button. Well, Calvin, we have a special guest, Franklin Cardicelli from KHTK and the Return of the Roar podcast. We met Franklin when we were in Sacramento at Punchbowl Social. What's up, Franklin? Good to see you, man. Guys, thanks for having me on. I wish I was coming on after, you know, a win, but uh, it's good to see you guys again, you know, this time without the bowl, but maybe next time, you know, we can get something going to punch bowl. Yeah, dude, that would be awesome. Good to see you, man. Thanks for joining us. We were really hoping for a win tonight because these are so much more fun right after a win. Yeah, I mean, it. It's funny whenever I, I, I go on other podcasts and people come on ours, it's it's always after a loss. It's very <laughs> rare. We we, we have uh, I think Brendan Nunez and I, we uh, my, my my buddy Chris and I, who we have a podcast together. And Brendan got on after the Clippers game, I think back in December. And that's the only podcast I think we've recorded happy. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not here on under better circumstances. Hey, but, it's uh, not your fault. We're, we're all here hoping for the same thing. Right. So. Yeah. So I want to hear we, your we first. A good luck bowl. I want to hear yeah. your first thoughts on <laughs> the game tonight. Um, hey man, it, it was fun. It was it was a fun game. You, you see them come out and fall flat in the first, like we kind of see normally. The the defense is 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 still, to put it lightly, a work in progress. But I was really happy to see the the changes they made in the second quarter, and pretty much the whole second half up until that kind of last three four minute span there, the defense looked good. It's just you see what these good teams do, like Denver down the stretch. It's what good teams can do. They can close these games out. Uh, they look composed. They they don't panic. And even some of the Kings players that are a little more experienced, like Sabonis down the stretch with that that turnover. And there there was some questionable calls, I'll say. Uh, I just saw, again, the replay of of that, that screen that Yoke set, uh, set up for Monty Morris on that three-pointer. But, you know, you, you can't hold on to those too long because they did have a chance to win the game. But overall, 
no silver linings really, or, or morale victories at this point in the season, but I, I've been more disappointed from games this season. So I, I, I liked it. Awesome. Yeah. I think we've all been more disappointed at certain points of the season <laughs> than tonight. It was, it's always good just to be in the game right late in that game. And and you're right. I mean, a couple calls here and there, it, maybe it's a different story. I also think if De'Aaron tries to go over that screen instead of under it, maybe there's a better chance that he gets that call instead of, you know, retreating back into the paint. But that's another topic for another day. <laughs> I'm curious for, from you, if you have any type of insight into the Rashawn Holmes situation, all we hear right now is that it's a lower back soreness. Um, it comes at a particularly interesting time, right, where he's slowly falling out of the lineup. Do you have any other information or in your opinion, do you think that there's something more going on behind the scenes, whether it's a physical injury or uh, he's just kind of falling out of touch with this team and, and is maybe a little bit uh, disgruntled, I guess. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a variety of things. Sure. But to, to, to just put it out there, I, I the, the back thing is legitimate. He, he's having some soreness in his back and, that that's for this case right now, but obviously Rashawn's gone through a lot this season, both on and off the floor. He he had some personal stuff uh, a while back. Um, he he obviously has gotten hit in the face more times than Rocky Balboa this season. <laughs> he, he he loses his starting spot in the rotation to an All Star and Sabonis. It's it's been a rough year for him. It's kind of a lost season at this point. With with twenty games left, it's hard to see how he can realistically come in and and put together a stretch that would make you feel like he's he's played to a standard he would be happy with himself, which is both in and out of his control. Like, like we said, uh, the injuries are tough and that's going to be frustrating and losing your job's tough too. So yeah, it's interesting timing, especially after Alvin Gentry did say that uh, to practice the other day, he, he had his best back to back showings of practice he's seen in a long time. And he was speaking very highly of him both at practice to us and then, on my boss Nick Cattles' radio show, he said that hey, Rashawn's gonna be a part of this team when he when he is able to play. It just so happens right now the back soreness is a thing, but you you definitely could have used a guy like him tonight to combat Jokic in the post and Damian Jones. He has aspects of his game that are very very valuable to the Kings, but we've seen him guarding Jokic is not easy for anybody, but Damian Jones has especially had a hard time. But It'll be interesting to see what happens on Monday. If Rashawn isn't isn't able to play on Monday, maybe that raises a few more eyebrows. But from everything we've been been told and, and heard or seen, it's a legitimate it's it's back soreness. But overall, tough year for Rashawn. Yeah, I agree. It is a really tough year. And, and as you mentioned, I was just like every time it's almost comical how much this guy's getting hit in the face and like hit in the eye. And that, that's no disrespect or anything at all. It's it's just like come on man just over and over like how bad is your luck that this keeps happening yeah. to you um you know i think we all expected him to to be moved before the trade deadline after losing his starting spot i want to know from you is this or whatever happens through the rest of the season how is that affecting his trade value do you expect him to be traded in the offseason and, and ultimately what do you think he is worth I still believe he's going to be traded in the offseason. I think that the team was was trying to do so prior to the deadline. And you saw how long the Hornets waited to make a deal for Montrez Harrell. I, I do think that's a team that's been longly linked to to Rashawn. 
Uh, I still think he could bring back either a, a, a high-end rotation piece or or a first-round pick, probably a mid-late first-round pick at that. But uh, I don't think his value has been diminished too much this season. Again, it's it's been injuries. The, it, it hasn't been a, a, a knee injury or a foot injury, anything scary that you see in big men. It's just been bad luck. Like like you said, it's been the same eye. His right eye got clobbered. Just he he missed some time for a laceration, then he comes back and gets hit in the same eye. The goggles haven't really helped him out. Um, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to be hit. Being hit in the face isn't fun, especially. I mean, I can't imagine it would be like to be hit in the face by by Mo Bamba and, and other guys in the NBA <laughs> that, have, that have hurt Rashawn this year. So uh, I believe his value isn't diminished. He, he's a guy who's on a he's on a respectable contract. He's he's still fairly young. He's 28 years old, under team control for three more seasons. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. But I would be pretty shocked if the Kings went into next season with Rashawn, especially because you have Alex under contract still as a backup center. You have a guy like Damian Jones who will be a free agent, but I know a team really likes him. And, and I personally have liked what I've seen from Damian Jones as a backup center. The fact that he can stretch the floor and, and he's athletic. He he's a guy that the Kings could, could roll with next year, but um, it's kind of crazy how fast things change from the day Rashawn signs that new deal to where he is now. But, We've seen things can change very quickly, like we saw with the Tyrese Halliburton situation and yep. a million others in the NBA. That nobody is is untradeable at any time, and and in basketball or any sport, really things can change at the drop of a hat. So, uh, yeah, I, I would be pretty surprised if Rashawn was back with the Kings come come October. Yeah, I agree. Since we're talking about the off season, I, I get the sense. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's that a lot of Kings fans are split right now in terms of uh, whether or not they want to see this team make the push for the playing slash playoffs, whatever, or they want to see them just lose and continue to build for a, a better draft pick. We had Matt George on our show the other day. He said that he would be very surprised where he'd be willing to bet a lot of money that Monty trades this pick and tries to upgrade the talent on the roster. I know it's a little hard to make a prediction because we don't really know what draft pick the Kings are going to get up, end up with right now. But do you agree with that? Do you get the sense that this uh, front office is thinking about another big splash um, and using that draft pick in order to try to, to get that achievable? Or are they going to maybe keep the pick and, do, and uh, use it on somebody they like in the draft instead? Yeah, I agree with Matt. I, I do think that – and again, yeah, it's, it's difficult – question i guess because if the kings unreal unlikely my opinion but if they win seven of their next 11 right and they they hurt that that pick and they that makes it a, a nine tenth pick um obviously it diminishes its value a little bit but if they keep playing the way they're playing and they get a top five top six pick <laughs> yeah you, you you package that with rashawn holmes you can get a really good player back in my opinion you can get someone very good back or just pack the pick itself could bring back value and again if there's a guy there that they do like by all means, I mean, if they think a Chet Holmgren is going to be someone they want, or, or Pale Banchero's guy they want to get, I, I can see them doing that. But I think with the fact that 
DeMontis' bonus is two more years after this season. De'Aaron Fox, he will have four. The clock's been ticking on him for this whole season. Uh, I would be pretty surprised if they didn't trade that pretty attractive asset in a top five, top six pick for someone who's kind of a win-now player. I'm not sure who that is at this point because, again, we have to see what happens for the rest of the season and see what what deals do and don't get extended or, or who's unhappy in what situation. But you see it on a nightly basis. The Kings are one player away. In my mind, they're one good, very good player away. And obviously they need more shooting. That's also something that needs to be addressed because the three-point shooting just has not been there since they traded away Buddy and Tyrese. But they, they're they one high-end rotation piece the way I believe from being a, a six to eight seed. Yeah, I mean, I sure hope so. That's what I've been hoping for a really long time. And, you know, I, I really do hope that's true. Uh, you mentioned things move really fast here in the NBA, and I, I agree with you there. I, I want to hear your thoughts on Davion Mitchell, another disappointing performance for him, at least offensively tonight. Zero points. I, I think that this guy still has a ton of value. I'm really high on Davion. Do you see Davion potentially being moved in the offseason with the pick or with Rashawn as an upgrade? Like the Kings have brought in so many guards. We, we look tonight at, at all the minutes for everybody, and it just doesn't seem like there's enough to go around. Yeah, he looks really comfortable in that starting role, and that, that kind of has piqued my interest as far as is that something that the Kings might be looking to do long-term? And they one of the priorities is to go find a backup point guard next season. Obviously, it's a little undersized having him and De'Aaron run one, two. But it's it's something I think that the team envisioned when they drafted him. I know that when they drafted Tyrese and Davion back-to-back, and Tyrese even said it in an interview this past week with J.J. Redick, that they kind of knew someone was going to go internally. Like, in their heads, they knew that one of those three were going to go. So the fact that Davion's been struggling in this bench role again after thriving in a starting role, it it kind of makes me wonder – Hey, what what would happen if if the Kings are out of it in four or five games? They just finish out the season running Fox and Davion together and seeing how it works. That's kind of what that time is for, seeing what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do. I think tonight, obviously, he struggled. He, in my opinion, he had the roughest game he's had as as a primary point guard. He turned the ball over uh, a lot there in the first half and didn't play much at the end of the game. His shooting has been spotty, but since December, it's been good. It's he's. The shot looks good. He has a good-looking shot. The good, the form is great. It's kind of reminds me of, of of this is a bad thing to say. It's kind of like when Ben McLemore was here. Whenever the ball leaves his hands, I'm like, okay, it looks good. When Davion shoots the ball, I, I I I feel good though. I feel like it's a good shot whenever he takes him. He doesn't really force too often, and that's something I think is really valuable for a guy who who's a rookie. And sure, he's an older rookie. He's 23, but the fact that he is as old as he is and as for the most part, polished as he is, I'd like to think tonight was an outlier um, and the shots will fall when he gets more comfortable. I, I think there's a possibility you could see him kind of like a Marcus Smart role. And that's a comparison that people have used a lot because of the fact he's a, he's a defender and he can knock down the occasional three. But um, he's someone who's versatile and can defend multiple positions and under contract for a long time. And could the Kings trade him? As we've seen, anyone can be moved, but mm-hmm. uh, it is someone that they're high on and I could only see him really being moved. It was like a total swing for the fences move. If they wanted to go out and get, I'm talking superstar name, I think a package of Davion, Rashawn, and the first pick, the, whether it be a top five pick or in that case, but that could bring you back something valuable, very valuable. But Like a Bradley Beal um, in or my, somebody? Yeah, I mean, Bradley Beal was one I was talking about with just some friends um, 
over the last couple of days, just thinking if he was open to inking an extension, that's a guy I think, I mean, a lot of teams are going to be interested, right? But if he was interested in signing an extension, yeah, I mean, that's a deal I probably would give up Davion in. It'd have to be for for a very good guard because as we saw with the Halliburton trade and Buddy Heald, when you move a guard, probably should bring back a good guard. And that's not a knock to Justin Holiday and Jeremy Lamb, but Jeremy Lamb's not going to be here next year, most likely. And uh, Holiday had a good good game tonight, but he, he's he's a little streaky as we've seen, and he's someone I think is probably going to be a more of a, a rotation piece next year. He's under contract, so um, that's the kind of thing that the Kings need. They need they need that two three shooting guard small shooting guard small forward. But yeah, that's yeah, I, I agree. I agree, and you know if if you're to compare Deer and Fox to anybody in the league, it's probably going to be John Wall at least as far as speed and playing style, and John Wall and Bradley Beal when they were healthy, had some very productive seasons. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm curious, kind of building off of that answer that you just gave, you, you talked just a minute ago about the Kings being one player away. Let's just say for you know a theoretical situation here, the, the Kings this offseason, whether it's free agent or trade, they could acquire anybody out there that they wanted. Is who is the person that you think you, you would go after as that one guy to put them over the top? Because I tend to think that it's more of a forward than a guard. Um, you know, people's names like John Collins, Jeremy Grant keep coming up a lot. Bradley Beal would be fantastic. I'd love to have Bradley Beal. But if you had just one player to pick out there to kind of complete this lineup, who would it be? Well, the Boston Celtics probably would hang up the phone, but I, I think Jalen Brown is someone I've always been really high on. I mean, of course, that's yeah. that's that's super unrealistic, but um, uh, I think that's that kind of player for sure. And and John Collins is one too. I, I was really interested to see if they could make a, a trade for him, and that's someone that could be traded. I I know that he's played a little better since the All Star break, or not the All Star break, excuse me, since um since the rumors died down prior to the deadline, but there's a lot of things going on in Atlanta and a lot of things at play. And you've seen the reports that he, he isn't fully happy taking a back seat. And, and obviously here he wouldn't be the guy either, but I think making him a guy with Fox and Sabonis would make them a three headed monster that could probably go up with a lot of good teams. So um, obviously Jalen Brown is not that realistic, but I, I think a realistic one, and you guys said it already, John Collins, I think that's someone I would go after hard because I think he's someone that could be available. Um, other people that might come up and, and could be available that again, that, that that's something I think remains to be seen until what teams finish where and, and what situations happen as far as contracts go. Um, I do know that, I mean, Jeremy Grant was one I was open to. It seemed like that was one that was potentially going to get done. And I talked myself into that possibility just because of the fact he, he is one that's long and can defend multiple positions. And, mm-hmm. um, but then again, I'll talk myself into almost anything sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> hey, that's uh, we're Kings fans. I, Frankie, that's what we do. Yeah. We talk ourselves into yeah, stuff man. all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up that way too. I was talking myself into Jimmer Fredette and <laughs> a lot of things that. I didn't want to... <laughs> Hey man, Jimmer Mania, that was a thing, man. Yeah. It was it was I think I was in high school at like a we were like at a college basketball camp and our, our buddies and I were so excited about it. And I don't think any of us being fifteen year olds didn't even know who Kawhi Leonard was at the time, and that's just completely like it's a sad, it's a sad thing to look back on. Um, it was like a, it was a Facebook memory that popped up and it said Jimmer mania on the state in 2011. Oh, um, man. It, it's tough looking back at this stuff, but yeah, I, I can talk myself into most situations, but then I try to kind of give myself a little bit of unbiasedness. Uh, 
I think Jeremy Grant would be a, a decent get. It just depends on how much you can give up for him. And now the fact that he has one year on his deal and the, the fact he's looking for an extension too, right. which I think was one of the biggest holdups in the Kings trading form was the fact that he wanted more money. Um, that could change things a little bit. But uh, if it was like a hypothetical Rashawn for Jeremy Grant swap, I don't think I'd be that mad at it. I don't think that Detroit would go for that, but that's one thing I probably would, would not say no to. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think one of the most consistent things that I've heard from Kings fans this season is that they're unhappy with the coaching, right? Whether it was Luke Walton, whether it's Alvin Gentry, everyone's been screaming from the rooftops. Uh, you know, we want a new coach. We want a new head coach. I'm not going to lie. I'm, w- I'm with them on that. I was never happy with the Luke Walton hire in the first place. Nothing against Luke. It's just that he's a Laker, man. Like I hated him from the start because I grew up watching him sit on the bench of the Lakers and watch the Lakers destroy us. Um, But if you were to choose an ideal candidate, I know this is a tough question because a lot of things can change in the next couple months as far as guys getting fired and guys being available. Is there a coaching style that you think fits this Kings roster as of now? And is there a, a, a guy that's on the top of your list? Yeah. I mean, the Kenny Atkinson, obviously he comes from, from, winning organizations he's someone i think the kings will, will look at for sure this offseason um again granted that they don't go on that seven of ten run i was telling you guys about whatever if, they, if the kings make the playoffs i've i think i've heard there could be like a vesting option in alvin gentry's contract if they make the actual playoffs he would come back uh but again that's that's probably like a one in hundred thousand chance that happens at this point i think they have to they have to make the plan and win both games but Kenny Atkinson's a guy that I like a lot. Um, I've been hearing a lot of thing, good things about Sam Cassell, just about how he will be looking for a job and and that teams will be interested in him. And he's someone who's been assistant coaching for for a couple of years now and someone that I think is is respected in the league. And obviously we know what he brought to the table as a player, just that kind of pedigree as, as a veteran. Uh, bringing that kind of guy in, hard-nosed, um, defensive-oriented, either of those guys really on the defensive side it'll be hard to bring someone in that's worse defensively than Luke Walton and Alvin Gentry have been, which is kind of a bonus. Uh, but it's, it's so interesting to me that the Kings have gone probably nine, 10 years without a legitimate coaching search. When they hired Dave Yeager, they brought in a couple of guys for interviews and then Vladi immediately just hung up the phone on those guys and called Dave Yeager and hired him on the spot once he became available. Um, and obviously you know, Luke Walton was his buddy from the Lakers when he played there briefly hired mm-hmm. without a search so it's it's nice that Monty's gonna get a chance to get his guy who fits the ideals of, of him and the rest of his front office Wes Wilcox um if they want to give Joe Dumars the call if he's around that day which we see him now now and again uh it's it's nice that they'll get to pick their own coach and those are the guys that kind of pop out to me the most Sam Cassell um Kenny Atkinson I I I heard I don't know how, how legitimate that is that Mike Brown might be a guy they look at. I don't know how I feel about that. The, the Kings do have this mostly ownership has this total fascination with becoming the Warriors, which I don't understand why that's still a thing. Everybody because, wants to be the Warriors, I, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, are they going to try to be the, the 90s Bulls next or the 80s Celtics? <laughs> yeah. It's just, we, you, 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 you can't replicate these things. Um, if yeah, effect did say that Nick Stauskas was big like Clay and shot like Steph. That's another thing that I remember a lot. Ouch. Seared into the brain. Seared into the brain. 
Um, I saw someone say Rick, Adel- Rick Adelman's son. Yeah, that's one name that also I believe I was on a panel uh, podcast with Jill Adge. Jill Adge mentioned um, uh, that as well. So that could be a great full circle moment if the Kings get back to the playoffs with Adelman and behind, you know, behind the team. So um, I like basically, that. I you what? I like that. I mean, I, oh, I, yeah, I feel like the Kings nailed two of their of their coach hirings in the past 10 years. Right. And that would be Mike Malone and Dave Yeager. And they just weren't patient enough. And they just gave up on both of them too early. I'd love to bring in a young guy with potential and give him some time uh, or her. Um, But, you know, bringing in these old guys like Alvin Gentry, uh, I feel like I already know what I'm going to get from him. And and there's definitely like a a point where you plateau. Yeah. Yeah. No, you go ahead. You go ahead, Counselor. You go ahead. No, no, go ahead, please. No, I was thinking Alvin Gentry. I mean, he 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 didn't want to be the head coach. He he took this job as an associate head coach, and and we read and heard that he they had to make some tweaks to the contract. And he's also sixty seven years old. He he's been coaching for thirty four years. That wasn't why he came to Sacramento to be the head coach. And and he's been great. He's he's hilarious with the media. He's 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 a walking soundbite. Real nice guy, and. I don't point any fingers at him really is, I mean, obviously he made a couple of questionable decisions with sitting Fox and Sabonis and Barnes to begin the game the other night on Thursday. But um, for the most part, it, it, it's been out of his hands. And one of the main reasons why, and I, I never, I didn't think Walton should have, I didn't think that Luke Walton should have started the season. I thought he should have been let go before the beginning of the season. But when I people were, 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 you know, when people were calling for, for his head at the beginning of the year, I said, Hey, you know, they're, they're, playing with the same exact roster this year that they had last year. They, they had really made no moves before the season started um, and nothing really changed after. Now, obviously we just had the roster turnover. It's, it's literally been a handful of games. So more things need to, we need to let some more things kind of unfold here. And this upcoming week, in my opinion, is the biggest, I mean, every game is big, obviously, but the next three games in my mind. If, oh yeah. They're huge. Yeah. Pelicans, they, Spurs they, must win. They have to go three and zero over the next three, which is a lot to ask for. Um, you got you got OKC Monday, then yeah, get that back to back, Pelican Spurs. So um, the roster looks different. But again, back to the coaching. Uh, Gentry probably won't be here at the, at the beginning of next year, but I, I just wanted to kind of just put out there how how much I think that he's how great he's been with the team and the guys and and taking this challenge that he didn't really ask for um, head on and. The team will be better for it next year, bringing bringing in somebody else. But hey, you you, you have the cards that you're dealt, and Walton yep. did it, yep. didn't last. Gentry did it, and obviously he struggled too. But um, it, it's just it's gonna be nice for a change. Tough <laughs> tough spot for yeah. Alvin Gentry. He very was tough spot. put in a very tough spot, and it you know I talk about setting people up for success. He was not set up for success, but he did his best, and I, I got to give him a shout out for that. Yeah, I, I'm with both of you. I, I think that people are, are blaming Alvin Gentry a little too much, in, in my opinion, for, for the way that the team has performed overall. So certainly, he's not to completely void of any blame. I mean, he's mm-hmm. the current head coach on this team, so he, he deserves a little bit. But I, I think people are, are giving him maybe the short end of the stick. I do want to ask you, though, about playing style right now with the way this Kings team is playing. We've heard, you know, ever since the beginning of this season, they're going to play fast. They're going to play so fast. They're going to be the fastest team ever, blah, 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 blah. 
Um, and then Alvin Gentry takes over, and it's like, okay, now we're really going to play fast because <laughs> Alvin Gentry was the guy that did the seven seconds or less, all that stuff. Yeah. I, I'm curious to know from you, since they've made the, the trades, I think they can still play really fast. I mean, Sabonis is a guy that can actually take and start the break off of a rebound. There aren't many centers in the NBA that can really do that, especially one that's as good of a passer as he is. Do you think that this team – could or should play a little bit faster than they are right now? Yeah. I mean, they have speed. They have speed. And like you said, Sabonis is a guy who can play, you know, it's a point center. And I I feel very comfortable watching him bring the ball down. It's it's better than pretty much anybody on the Kings roster over the past two years that hasn't been named De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton. Just seeing him on the break, how comfortable he looks. Um, obviously, we know that De'Aaron Fox has probably the top speed in the league. Davion Mitchell is a guy who has underrated speed too. And obviously didn't really have the handle or, or the playmaking tonight. He had some bad passes and some bad decision-making, but the, the idea that they could run faster. Yeah, they, they obviously could. Now that's where it might come back to coaching a little bit as far as I don't know what they're, what Gentry and, and the coaching staff is telling these guys to, to run or what them wants them to run out of timeouts or run, run half court sets and whatnot, or, or on fast breaks. But um, it's, when you have De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell on the team, and you have a guy like Sabonis that can kind of run the floor, you, you should run every every single play you're running. And you see it happen when they want to, and that's why mm-hmm. it's kind of frustrating. You see yeah. De'Aaron Fox kind of hit that switch where he he can just blow past everybody, and obviously that takes energy, that takes effort, and you can't do that every single every single play. Um, but other guys should be able to step up, and that might be more of a, a personnel a personnel thing as far as getting guys on the team that can do that more often than not. But you have that core. You have that speedy playmaking core in, in Fox, Mitchell, and Sabonis. And the outside of that, there isn't too much speed on the team with Halliburton gone. But he's a guy who who did run. He led the NBA, and Miles ran or was top three, I, I believe. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, he never, never stops running. So – you subtract those guys and, and you bring in some other people and, and that might be what's hurting the pace a little bit, but I think it's kind of getting a new coach in there and getting a new scheme and getting what you want your players to do out of the timeouts, what you want your players to do off of a scored, a made basket by your opponent. Those are things you need to figure out because it, it's different each time. Yeah. They got to figure something out at least, you know, like early on in the season, if, if you were to ask me what was their style of play, I couldn't really tell you. Uh, because it was so inconsistent at least now it seems like there's they're trying to build something but I do think that they need to bring in a new voice a new coach that has to start from scratch they need their own training camp they need to put a system in place and then Monty will be able to sort out the rest of this roster and say hey this guy doesn't fit Uh, maybe we need to upgrade here what do we need to do here Uh, I'm really excited for Monty to finally have that like become his team right yeah, and it started with the deadline, too, bringing in these guys. I, I think that before the deadline, you had all these players that have been here since since the Vlade Divac era, and mm-hmm. Marvin Bagley, Buddy Heald, um, De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes. These are all, Rashawn Holmes. Um, a lot of these guys had had started the season on the team. It was basically the first six, seven players in the rotation this year are the same exact players that, that were in the rotation at the end of, of, of 2020. Um, so it's – it's a start just having these, these new guys come in. The roster looks a lot different and De'Aaron Fox, you know, he's, he's going to be here likely again, no one's untradeable, but you have to believe that him and Sabonis are, are going to be in it for the long haul, at least for the next two years while Sabonis is under contract. And 
Uh, everything else, that's, that's up to Monty to surround these guys with players that can help them win, to bring in a head coach that can take them to the next level. Um, you have to wonder how much of the staff would stay intact. I mean, Doug Christie has been a guy who uh, it's his first year as a head coach and he did, he did an admirable, am, admirable job with, with all the COVID things going on. And mm-hmm. um, is he someone you want to keep around Bobby Jackson running, running Stockton, bringing along the young guys. Um, it, it could be a nice point of, of change for this team, a change of direction. So it, it'll be interesting to see what Monty does, what decision he, he decides to make as far as who stays, who goes from the staff, um, who stays, who goes from the court as Harrison Barnes stay. Um, that's really what has to happen this off season. There needs to be that, that big push that gets them over this hump because the talent's here. They have Savonis and Fox, two guys yep. that can make the all-star team. Yeah, what else can I you bring agree. around these guys? I agree. And I heard you mention Joe Dumars a little bit earlier. Uh, as Calvin mentioned, we had a podcast with Matt George just a couple days ago. And he mentioned about all these advisors that Vivek has had over his tenure as owner of Sacramento, one of them being Joe Dumars is his current advisor. What do you feel as far as the impact on the ownership group having a say in this new system, this new coaching staff, these new players? Has Vivek finally turned over a new leaf and he's like, I hired a competent GM, I trust him, I'm going to let him make these decisions? Or is is he and, and Joe Dumars or whoever else behind the curtain still there kind of, you know, pulling a little bit? Uh, yeah, to me, I believe that that's what's happening. I, th- I think that Vivek is letting Monty do his job. Uh, I don't think if Vivek had a, and again, I, I have no knowledge to to support this. This is just my, in my mind. I believe that Vivek would not love trading to Halliburton, a player who's, who is as marketable as it gets for this market in Sacramento as far as jersey sales, fan favoritism, uh, Monty made that move because that's the guy that he wanted, and that's the guy who he believes in that can take this team to the next level. And that's one thing that made me kind of think when when it happened. One my initial reactions and thoughts was, "Wow, that was Monty on his own. Like he made that mm-hmm. move. He said, i 'I'm trading Tyrese Halliburton and bringing an All Star center, whether you fans like it or the ownership likes it or not.'" this is what I believe and as an analytical guy who comes from a winning organization where they made the playoffs eight, nine years straight in Houston. He has faith in this move working out. And I think that um, that shows that the front office isn't as it's not, Vivek's not meddling, meddling like he used to. And you've seen these advisors, they, they come and go. You've seen Chris Mullen come and go. Um, Joe Dumars is in and out. As we know, he, he's not a guy that, that is, is in Sacramento. He's, he's not in Sacramento. Uh, he's out of Sacramento more than he is. So, mm-hmm. um, that's music that's to, to my ears, some peace man. Of mind. That's music to my ears. Yeah. Hearing that, I, I, I really hope that's the truth. And you know, I, I, I kind of see that too. I, I, as soon as that Halliburton trade went down, I was like, "This is Monty McNair doing his thing, right?" Like, he realized something needed to happen. Uh, Tyrese has got to be one of the most beloved Kings players of all time, which is crazy considering <laughs> his, you know, short amount of time here in Sacramento. But he was definitely a favorite player of mine. Uh, I, I can't, like, I, I don't think I've even talked or ran into somebody that was not a big fan of Tyrese Halliburton. I, I guess you could say Leo uh, was, let's <laughs> call him a role player or whatever, but, you know, he he does whatever he wants there. But um, I got one last question for you, Frankie, and I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show. We really appreciate it. I know we planned to have you on a few days ago, and we had some other things going on, so we appreciate you coming tonight. 
But my last question for you is, and I ask this to all of our guests that we have on the show, it's a difficult question. <laughs> is there a way the Kings can finish this season and be successful? Is like, is it possible? Is it not possible? But is there one thing that you can see from this Kings team through the rest of the season that makes this season a success to you? Yeah, it, and some people might say this is kind of what the Kings have been doing for the past 16 years, having guys that are putting up numbers and they don't mean anything. But in my opinion, Fox and Sabonis working out. And you've seen what they've been doing on the floor together. Tonight, both double-doubles. Sabonis almost triple-double. Uh, De'Aaron scored 20 points, 20 points or more in every game they've played so far. Seeing that dynamic work, in my opinion, is is one of the biggest takeaways for this season. If, as far as this works out the last 20 games, knowing that this core, this duo, uh, you have a guard and center that can play together, and and they play together well. That's a huge plus going into next season. And I was telling someone today that this beginning next season with Fox and Sabonis on the roster, it already has me more excited than I've been for the past couple of years, knowing that you get to start the entire season with De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis on the roster. It, it, it just kind of makes me feel a little more hope than, than I would have had without it. But uh, obviously I, I would love it if they could rip off a, a, a run here and, and make, make it interesting. I, I would love it. If they can make it interesting for the plan. Um, like we talked about, I think they're trading the draft pick mm-hmm. and I know that the players have said it and players believe it. They don't, they don't care about that. They, they want to win every game. You hear them say it every night. We hear them say it at practice. They, they don't, they aren't convinced about where the Kings are going to pick next year. Cause a lot of them don't even know if they're going to be here next year. They don't know where they're going to be playing. All they want to do as athletes is go out there, compete and win. And games like tonight, I, I feel good about that. If the Kings play every game like tonight and they lose for the last, the next 20 games, I mean, morale victory, sure, but I'll take that. The fact that they're, they're fighting every night, they're competing, they're playing well, they're getting beat by teams that are better than them. That's, that's something that I think I can take as, as something to build off of competing against these good teams having your core of Fox and Sabonis and watching them play well, setting yourself up to, to win by building that, that culture of we're not going to get rolled over and get smacked in the mouth like they have been for most of the season. That's where things change. And obviously winning is a part of that too. And it may come, it may not for the begin the, the last 20 games, but um, you can start with how you play each night and how you play together. That's just kind of where I think that, um, that my priorities lie. Yeah, that's a good answer. Good point, man. Good point. Real quick, Frankie, before we get you out of here, are you a, a 2K guy or a video game guy at all? You know, I, I just started playing 2K uh, about a week ago, and I'm on career mode, and I'm enjoying it. I, I was kind of right. like down on it for a minute, and now I'm I, when I get done with you guys, I'm probably going to play a little bit. My all guys right, are starting to get go. good. Well, then and, I, and I needed to, need to do me a favor. <laughs> the next time you see Kyle Draper – can you please tell my man what the B button means? It breaks my heart that he uses it incorrectly every single time he's on a telecast. <laughs> I, I will I will pass it along. I'll pass okay, it along. Thank you. Or thank you guys should just tweet at him. I'm sure he'll get back to you on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's All a right, good idea too. So we let everybody know um, that you you know you do the return of the return of the roar podcast. Is there anything else you want to tell anybody about yourself, about what you're doing, uh, how they can reach out to you or find you or, or listen to you anymore? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously uh, I, I, I'm on Twitter. If anyone wants to, to come talk to me, I, I try to get back to a lot of people as long as you're nice, you know, uh, or not <laughs> calling me names. Uh, but um, I'm on Twitter. My name's kind of hard to spell. You can see it right there on the screen. 
um c-a-r-t-o-s you, you see it it's tough um but no I, I i'm like you guys man i i i i'm a king's fan at heart i i grew up just right down the road in new city um the king's been my life for long as i can remember i i worked for the team out of college for for four years and then i got into writing and and, and some broadcasting and whatnot so um it's super fun I'm, I'm still new at it and and seeing guys like you who are also kind of coming onto the scene it's, it's super cool to kind of collaborate and, and do things together because i was talking to brendan about this too because brendan and i are doing some stuff together too it's 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 nice to have a king's community of people that can all work together because we're all we're all we all want the same things we all want the kings to win definitely and for that i mean i just want to say thank you guys for for bringing yourselves onto the scene and it was fun seeing you guys at punch bowl and next time i'll actually help you with a little, a little more you know, the, of the punch bowl next time i know you had a, you had a full bowl with the closing time was coming but i'll i'll I'll, uh, I'll take an uber next time and and we'll 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 do something different so um thank you guys again just so much for the opportunity yeah dude no much worries. appreciated man much appreciated i think the next game we'll be at will be march 18th uh versus the celtics so hopefully we can see you you know around that time that'd be awesome that's a Friday night, man. I'll see you guys then. All right. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. You're really living the dream, man. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right, thank guys. You, thank you so much. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, Frankie. See you guys. All right, Calvin. That was fun. It's always here. good to hear what the experts have to say, you know, because you Definitely. and I are not experts. We're just here having nope, fun. We just play one on TV. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else you want to talk about here in this subject? Are you ready to move on to uh, the next game? I, I think we can move on. Do you have anything? Nope. No. All right, guys. We're going to take another quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at the Kings next week of basketball action with Kings Crusade. Welcome to Royal Rebounds, a Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Kings continue their crusade to uh, hopefully stop losing games and maybe make it to the playoffs eventually. Next up is the Oklahoma City Thunder. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you hit that like button down below and please consider subscribing to the channel. So Calvin, as Frankie mentioned, the next three games are must win. They're very important. But before I mean, we jump, you can ahead, really say, like he said, every game from here on out is a must-win. Yep. But, but before but we jump ahead here, next up is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yep. Let's hear your keys to the game. All right. So these first two keys, I may keep them as the same keys to the game for the rest of the season <laughs> because when I watch the Kings, it always comes down to two things for me. Number one, guard the three. Number two, communicate better on defense. They do those two things, they're going to be a much better team. It's just that, that's just the way we, where we yep. are at at this point, right? Uh, number three, so the, the Thunder do have some injuries right now. It's uncertain whether or not some of these guys are going to be back on Monday. Mm -hmm. um, Lou Dort is currently out right now. Josh Giddy is also listed as day-to-day. -day. So that's obviously helpful. If mm -hmm. you're the Kings. However, as we know from recent history, it doesn't really matter who's playing and who's <laughs> not playing in some of these games. So for now, if those guys are going to be out, my last key is just let anybody but SGA beat you. I mean, this team, 
really has very limited offensive options yep. uh, when some of these guys are not playing, like Lou Dort or SGA or even Josh Giddy. Kings Th- are good at three, letting the other guy beat you, too. They're good at doing that, absolutely. <laughs> so if those two guys are going to be out, Dort and Giddy, mm-hmm. all the de- the defensive attention has got to go to SGA, and I'll let these other guys – this is not a good three-point shooting team overall, so I'll let these guys take open threes – all night long as long as i'm seeing a concerted defensive effort to stop gilgis alexander which is much easier said than done but again yep. you know we need to corral him double team him early and often off of all uh screen and roll action um and you know force guys like darius Baisley to step up and beat you so the thunder are the only team below the kings in the standings for the next six games that they're playing. They started a five-game road trip tonight. So the next you know, four games are on the road against the Thunder, the Pelicans, the Spurs, and the Mavericks. I mean, I know you should beat the Thunder, but as we said, every game is pretty much a much w- must-win at this point. So you got to beat the Thunder on Monday. you got to beat the Pelicans on Wednesday. Zion, we still don't know what's going on with him. I, I think it's fair to say he's definitely not playing on Wednesday. Uh, I would be shocked if he played yeah. a game this season. You got the Spurs on Thursday. It's always uh, hard having a back-to-back and traveling. Then you go on to take the Mavericks. Then you're back home against the Knicks and the Nuggets. There's a lot of tough games here, Calvin. There are a lot of tough games here, and it's going to get even harder as you get further out past that. I mean, yep. Milwaukee, Chicago, Golden State, Phoenix, all those teams are are still upcoming here for for the Kings on the remaining schedule here. But, yeah, that just means that this uh, week of Kings basketball is even more important if the idea is we are playing to play in the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. Then these you cannot afford to lose to these three teams. You absolutely can't. If you're looking at the next six games here, any one that you're more excited for than the next? Um... I do. I am really excited to see CJ McCollum has been awesome He's since been he killing it. was traded to the Pelicans. Him and Brandon Ingram are a legit one-two combination. So I'm excited to see that just because I love CJ McCollum as a player. I always have. I'm not excited to see that from a Kings perspective because I think it could go badly <laughs> for them. Yeah. But you know, out of all these games. Um, it, it just is hard when so many good players are injured on all these teams, right? Like mm-hmm. you look around the league and my dad and I talk about this all the time. It's like a lot of these games that aren't Kings games, you know, I turn it on and I'm like, I, who are these guys? Nobody's playing. <laughs> like literally no one is playing. So it's, it's difficult to what see was the Nets games, the other day you know? when you're like, check out this injury oh, report. <laughs> yeah. The Nets five players on the, their injured list Combined 23 all-star appearances. Yeah, it's wild. It's insane. It's abs- and that's with Joe Harris not having a single all-star yeah. appearance. And they still had guys playing like Blake Griffin I that know, made the all-star nuts. team it, as well. It really is nuts. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll say the, the New Orleans game just because it's a really important game, first of all, for the Kings. And I, I am uh, sneakily excited to watch <laughs> Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum together. Yes, out of the next six games, the Pelicans and the Spurs games, I would deem the most important because these are direct, uh, I guess, opponents for this 10th or 9th spot in the play-in. 
any win that you can get against them heads up is so ideal because not only do you get a win, but they get a loss, and that helps you move up the ladder there. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting next week of basketball. As Frankie said, probably the most important week of the rest of the season. Uh, unless they're able to win a bunch of these games, then the next week will be the most important. But you know how that goes. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to wrap up the show here. I want to remind you all that we did put out a ton of awesome Kings content over the All-Star break. We have interviews with Brendan Nunes. We have an interview with uh, Matt George. we got an amazing Kings collection where we go through our jerseys, our hats, um, our jackets. we got autograph memorabilia. We're going to be releasing a studio tour here pretty soon. So make sure you guys check all those out. And we had an awesome Royal Report yesterday that you yep. guys can see where shout we... out to mike monticello who yep. was selected as the fan of the week fan of the week if you guys are interested or want to be the fan of the week and get on the royal report all we need you to do is send us a 60 second video telling us why you're a kings fan and, and why you love the sacramento kings yeah you can send it to us on instagram just private message it to us at royal rebounds you don't need a special studio or anything you can take it on your phone uh, we just want to hear from you and why you still support this team because we do and we know it's difficult and we just want to know what your motivation is goth and i'm looking at you buddy yep just saying all right guys we're gonna wrap it up here thank you so much for joining us on another royal rebounds podcast make sure you guys smash up the like button down below make sure you hit the subscribe button if you would like to support the channel even more you can check us out at royalrebounds.com. we have an awesome shop there with some team gear and uh you guys Matthew, have... if you send me a 15 page essay i guarantee you i'll read it <laughs> i will guarantee you that you guys have a wonderful night sleep well and we'll see you all on monday for post game live Thanks, guys. Go Kings. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.